Dimelang Abusheni Saubona and hello hi Mzanzi. Welcome back to Sisters Without Shame and No Holds Barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthful Mzanzi. I'm your host Nolutandu Ngakani and I'm here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those crackling bones and suspicious lumps you dare not speak of in public. This podcast is a safe space. This week feels like a week we should dedicate to a bit of activism. So, Mzanzi, let's get loud about hidden hunger. And if you're scratching your head and wondering what am I even talking about, I will tell you. So, to remain healthy, you know that your body needs both macro and micronutrients. And these are essential nutrients that maintain your body's health. If I had to break it down, if you think about macros, think about carbs and fat and protein, the big nutrients that keep your body going, while micros are essential for things like blood clotting, immune function and energy production. When we speak of hidden hunger, sometimes when you are deficient in a specific micronutrient like vitamin D or magnesium, your brain doesn't get the same clear signals. This is what the experts call a form of hunger that is known as hidden hunger or micronutrient deficiency, and it is often ignored or overshadowed by hunger related to energy deficits. It's complex, and I'm not the expert here. Luckily, we do have an expert who will do a way better job of explaining this. To make sense of the crisis of hidden hunger in Mzansi, we are joined by Anne-Marie de Beer. Now, de Beer is a registered dietitian and the Nestle South Africa's nutrition, health and wellness manager. Prior to COVID, we weren't really privy to all these crises in terms of child nutrition, especially. I think if we go into basics, can you then tell us what are micronutrients? I think one needs to just distinguish between macro and micronutrients. So macronutrients are the nutrients we need in large quantities every day. And that would be like protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And they really are the energy providers and, of course, a few other important nutrients as well. But micronutrients are the nutrients we need in very small quantities, but they are critical so important there is the vitamins and the minerals that we need. We only need them in very small quantities, but if the body doesn't have those micronutrients, we see what we now call hidden hunger. But short term, it's normally a bit of the immunity that gets affected by it because our immune system needs all those nutrients that we need in our bodies for the normal functioning of cells. The immune system consists of cells. And if they don't have those micronutrients, they can't function appropriately and properly. Anna-Marie, you've already tapped into the concept of hidden hunger. Can you explain this concept for us as well? So hidden hunger is called hidden hunger because we don't see it. And it's really these micronutrient deficiencies that's affecting so many of our population. About 45% of our children under five does not have enough zinc. A third of them don't have enough vitamin A. Two-thirds of them are at risk of vitamin A deficiency. 
it affects one in 10 children in our country. So it's really a big, big problem. And I'm just highlighting a few of the key micronutrients. But in essence, we as a nation really don't eat enough fruits and vegetables because that's where most of our vitamins and minerals are coming from. Just a little follow up, the fact that kids are not getting enough zinc and vitamin A. What kind of examples can you give of foods that contain high zinc and vitamin A? If we can start with zinc, we find that in all of our green leafy vegetables, but we also find that in meat and meat products, organ meat also is quite rich. Vitamin A is in our yellow vegetables and fruits, but particularly the yellow vegetables. That's why our grannies used to say, eat your carrots because then you're going to see nicely. Remember, curly hair, in our case, was the story for us having to have carrots. So carrots, pumpkin, all those yellow vegetables are quite important. In South Africa, we nowadays also see the yellow sweet potato. Now, yellow sweet potato is quite rich in vitamin A, whereas the normal white sweet potato is not as rich in vitamin A. So I think those are some of the key foods that then provide us with those nutrients. What are then symptoms of hidden hunger? This is the problem. We normally pick it up when it's too late, when the child comes home and is always tired or they're often sick. Then already we know the hidden hunger is probably there, but then the doctor will do a blood test and they will then determine which nutrient is lacking in the diet. But we often see that with iron specifically, the kids are quite tired. They're always tired. You know, it's not just it's seven o'clock at night and I'm tired. It's four o'clock in the afternoon and they are tired or they sit in school and they can't concentrate. And just incidentally, this is one of the reasons why so many children are on all sorts of drugs for attention deficit disorder, when in fact they actually have iron deficiency, because iron deficiency also leads to behavior problems. And they've picked this up in schools where they then looked at why are the kids so unruly, and often it's related to iron deficiency. So we must also be careful not just to jump in and put children on drugs when maybe there is a micronutrient deficiency. Do adults also have these kinds of symptoms of hidden hunger? Oh, absolutely. Women especially are very high risk for iron deficiency because of the menstruation cycle. And if they are iron deficient when they fall pregnant, it's likely that they will become more iron deficient their the babies could be affected by the micronutrient deficiency. So yes, women very definitely, you know, folate, the B vitamin is a very important one for pregnancy. Folate is responsible for ensuring that the neural tube closes in time. But the problem with this is that the neural tube closes at 28 days of pregnancy, even before the woman knows she's pregnant. And if she doesn't have enough folate in her diet, that's the green leafy vegetables again. If she doesn't have enough of that, it could impact on the closure of the neural tube. So yeah, women are very much at risk. Men also, of course, smokers, people who smoke, people who drink a lot, alcohol, are also at risk of micronutrient deficiencies. What kinds of micronutrients are required for one to have a strong immune system? I mean, we headed into the flu season. And the COVID numbers are also rising again. I don't want to particularly highlight a single nutrient because it's all about a balanced diet. And I think that's the important bit is that we're not focusing on a balanced diet. We don't have a variety in our meals. I know we often talk about the seven color Sunday lunch, but we need to have colors at every meal we have. And that doesn't have to be the seven colors. It is really to make sure there's at least four colors on your plate. So a green, a yellow, and then probably a brownish, something, whether that's in the form of meat or beans, 
doesn't really matter. And then, of course, white, which is our staples, it's either rice or pup. It might even be bread. But important that we add the colors to that. And that is, like I said, either yellow and green or red and green or just any color is going to help us with that. And the importance is around the nutrients that will support the immune system. And those we know is definitely zinc plays a key role in our immune system. Vitamin A, again, very important for the immune cells, but also iron. Iron is important because it carries oxygen to every single cell. And if the cell doesn't have oxygen, it dies. I've mentioned earlier on that already our immune system consists of cells and those cells need oxygen and they get that oxygen from the iron. So important that we make sure we eat a variety of foods because when we do that, we also are assured of actually having most of our micronutrients. It's also important to remember for iron specifically that I know that often if you Google this, you'll find that there's iron in a lot of plant foods. But the iron in plant foods is very little. And even if it is a lot, it's not well absorbed because the fiber in plants and there's also what we call phytochemicals in certain plants prevent the absorption of iron. So for that reason, you need to take vitamin C with that. Now, vitamin C, we get in all our citrus fruits. So that's all the oranges. Some people like lemons, but lemons as well and limes. But all the citrus fruits really are very rich in vitamin C. And we know now this is direct link between the absorption of iron and vitamin C consumption. So just to keep that in mind, and then when you do have your glass of vitamin C, don't have a cup of tea with that afterwards because tea and coffee actually prevents the absorption of iron. So when you do um, eat iron-rich foods, rather have an orange with that, not necessarily orange juice, but an orange, wait for at least half an hour to an hour before you have your cup of tea or coffee. That's interesting to know. Anna-Marie, what solutions are available for families to fight against hidden hunger? Firstly, I think the first solution to this is to be aware that it affects so many families. It is really, it's not not a disease, but it's not a condition that distinguishes between rich and poor. It can happen in any household. If you are on chronic medication, you are likely to actually suffer from one or other micronutrient deficiency. Kids that are on ADHD medication for hyperactivities are also at risk of micronutrient deficiency. So I think the first thing is to be aware of it. The second thing is to make sure we have a variety in our diets. When we send children to school, make sure that the lunchbox has got variety in it. And with that, I mean fruits that's in the lunchbox. If it is some of the food that was left over from last night in the lunchbox, that's box that's perfect. And we need to be careful of all the snacky items that we put in the lunch boxes. It doesn't have to be an expensive lunchbox. We can have very healthy lunch boxes with what we make in our houses. Just a tip for parents is when you make muffins, make it a savory muffin with some cheese and add some spinach to that. And you just cut the spinach small. You can even add some grated carrots. Everybody loves carrot cake, but it doesn't have to be a sweet carrot cake. It could be savory. In that way, we actually help our children to have more vegetables because it's really a big problem. I read some stats the other day that if we don't count onions and tomato like shebu, 67% of South Africans don't have vegetables in their diets. And that's because if we now don't count the onions and tomato, 
to 67% of families not having enough veggies in their diet. So that's really important to note. This is not uncommon in the world. It's not unique to South Africa. Many countries sit with exactly the same problem in that the people are not eating enough fruits and vegetables. What we're trying to do with Nestle for Healthier Kids, where we're trying to add a little more goodness by teaching parents and caregivers to how can I add a little more goodness? We see that parents are struggling or caregivers are struggling to get children to eat veggies, especially. So that is quite an important point to consider. Have a variety. If we just look at variety and color in the lunch boxes, on the plates, we are going to be able to address the hidden hunger quite quickly. In terms of the only vegetables that we're getting in are, you know, tomatoes and onions. Do you think it's an accessibility thing? Do people not have access to um, fresh fruit and vegetables? Well, I suppose it could be accessibility, but I also think it's sometimes just not thinking about fruits and vegetables. I think sometimes it's a schlep to cook it. If the other I say to someone, Why, what about some beetroot salad during the week? And they say, no, I still have to cook the beetroot. But if you cook it on a Saturday and you keep the salad, it keeps very well for long, then you have beetroot salad in the week. I think it's awareness and I also think it's about planning because if we start planning our meals, we will actually then be able to incorporate those fruits and veggies. And there's nothing wrong with buying from the local vendor. Veggies are often actually quite fresh. It is accessible. It's not that expensive. But it's more about planning because we get home late at night and then think, oh, what's for dinner? And then we take whatever is the quickest in the kitchen and quickly cook up the dinner. It's about variety and it's about planning. And I often tell parents, you know, just take a board and sit with the kids on a Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon and say, let's plan a menu for the week. What are we having for breakfast? What are we having in your lunch boxes? What are we having for dinner? And if you then have to do some shopping, you're also more likely to buy just what you need instead of kind of everything because I don't know what I will feel like during the week. So I think it's the planning, the variety that is, I think, lacking in our diets at the moment. We always opt for something that's more convenient for us. Veggies can be convenient because if it's in the fridge or it's at home, then you're going to make it. But if it's not there, then it's, oh, well, we don't have veggies tonight. Let's just have shishibu and some pop. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we need more. The other thing, of course, is to really have a little food garden at home. That's not difficult. If you have an old tire, you can grow spinach in there. Carrots, have some flower pots. Instead of flowers, grow some veggies in your flower pot. And again, that makes it so accessible for the whole family. Anna Meridian, how do we educate the communities on what needs to be on their plate in simple terms? Color and color and more color. It's about the colors that we're eating. Because as South Africans, we have a rather monotonous diet that really lacks the greens and the yellows. That's the one thing. On our webpage, Nestle for Healthy Kids, it's inforhk-esar.com. We actually give quite a lot of tips to parents to help them to make sure that the kids eat more variety. It's simple things, you know, and I know that kids are also finicky. But what we have seen, if kids are part of meal preparation or they're part of making their own lunch boxes, I'm not saying they should make it all by themselves, but, you know, to be part of that, they are way more likely to eat that food than when the parents or the caregivers have made it and said, well, okay, now here's your lunchbox, go and eat. So I really want to encourage them also parents and caregivers to make children part of the process because if they're part of this decision-making process of what are we eating tonight, 
they're part of maybe peeling the carrots or peeling the potatoes or dicing the beans, then they are way more likely to buy in and actually eat those greens. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Anne-Marie. For more on hidden hunger in Mzanzi, check out healthfromzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam and looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can send us a WhatsApp on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, baby. Eat your vegetables, guys. There is no greater source of those minerals and vitamins like your fruit and vegetables. Like Os Anne-Marie said, remember to eat your rainbow. The zinc can be found in meat or our green leafy veggies, while vitamin A can be found in all the yellow veggies. Eat your rainbow! That brings us to the end of episode 44 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi, from me. Lulu Nakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.